Hi, this is Edwin Crozier from the Franklin Church of Christ. Thank you for joining us as we open God's Word to study and understand how we should serve and glorify Him. On the second Sunday night of each month, we reserve that lesson to answer questions submitted by the brethren or even the guests at the Franklin Church. In September of 2005, we looked at the question about love and fear. Which should motivate us more? So please open your Bible and let's learn whether or not we're supposed to love or fear God. In 1513, about uh, 492 years ago, Niccolo Machiavelli wrote in his book, The Prince, saying, Upon this a question arises. Whether it be better to be loved than feared or feared than loved, it may be answered that one should wish to be both, but because it's difficult to unite them in one person, it's much safer to be feared than loved, when of the two either must be dispensed with. Machiavelli wrote his book in order to go to princes and to kings to teach them how to govern properly in a way that would secure their position of power. Interestingly, here 400 years ago, or almost 500 years ago, he brings up the question that we want to deal with tonight in our second Sunday night of the month question and answer session. A question that a lot of people ask, and that's the question of, are we supposed to be motivated by love or by fear? When we're following our prince, the king of kings, should we be motivated more by love or should we be motivated by fear? This is the second Sunday night of every month. We focus on questions and answers. And, of course, if you would like your question to be answered at some time, if you just pick up one of the sheets off the table in the back, you can fill that out and drop it in the box out beside the office. We'll try to get to those as we have opportunity. Make sure you put your name on there. That way, if for some reason I can't get to it on one of these Sunday nights, or if I have a question about it, I can get in touch with you and seek some clarification. But we try to do that every second Sunday night of the month. Tonight our question is, what should motivate us? Love or fear? Machiavelli said when it comes to kings, it should be, uh, kings just going to have to probably rely on fear. What about our king? Before we look at the answer to that, let's bow in prayer, please. Our God and Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you. We love you, Father, and yes, we do fear you because you are awesome and powerful. And we recognize, Father, that you are the judge and you have commanded obedience. And we pray that you would strengthen us to submit to you and to do your will. Father, we pray that you would help us to be motivated properly and to be your servants, to be shining lights in this world. And Father, we ask that you go with us throughout this service, that all that we do will be in accord with your word, out of love and fear for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The short answer to this question is yes. We should be motivated by love or fear. In fact, we should be motivated by both. As we take a look at this concept or love or fear, despite what a lot of folks today think, we need to recognize that they are not opposites. It's interesting in our society, folks, when they take a look at love and fear, they look at them most of the time as opposites, as though they're almost mutually exclusive, that to the extent that you fear God, you don't love Him, and to the extent that you love God, you won't fear Him. There are some folks that have the idea that, well, look, fear is the only motivator. And then there are others that act as though if you're motivating anybody by fear, you're doing something spiritually incorrect. Then on the other hand, you have folks that have the idea that love is the only reason for which people ought to obey God. But then there are others that act as though the motivation of love is just ushy-mushy and touchy-feely and we really shouldn't say too much about that, otherwise we're getting soft. 
But what we find in Scripture is something completely different from that. In the Scripture, love and fear are not opposites. In fact, in the Scripture, when you see loving God and fearing God described, you find out that they are pretty much exactly the same. Look in the book of Deuteronomy. There's just a few passages here in in about three or four chapters in Deuteronomy as Moses was talking to the Israelites in which he told them both to love and fear God. But it's interesting as we take a look at some of the verses in these three or four chapters how these two things are described. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and we'll start by looking at verse 12. In Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12, notice this. Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God to walk in all His ways. Now look over Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 22. In Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 22 it says, For if you're careful to keep all his, this commandment, which I'm commanding you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways. What does it mean to love God? It means to walk in all His ways. What does it mean to fear God? It means to walk in all His ways. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 4. In chapter 13 and verse 4, it says, You shall follow the Lord your God and fear Him, and you shall keep His commandments. Look back in Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 1. You shall therefore, this is Deuteronomy 11, 1, You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep His charge, His statutes, His ordinance, and His commandments. What does it mean to love God? It means to always keep His commandments. What does it mean to fear God? It means to always keep His commandments. It means the same thing. Look again in Deuteronomy now, chapter 10 and verse 20. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve Him and cling to Him. You shall swear by His name. If we go back up to Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12, it says, Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and love Him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. What does it mean to love God? It means to serve Him. What does it mean to fear God? It means to serve Him. And one more, if we look again in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 20, it says, You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve Him and cling to Him. In Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 22, For if you are careful to keep all this commandment, which I'm commanding you, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and to hold fast to Him. What does it mean to love God? It means to hold fast to Him or cling to Him. What does it mean to fear God? It means to hold fast or to cling to Him. You see, the problem is, is that when we talk about loving God and fearing God, we're typically thinking about emotion. When God talks about loving and fearing Him, He's talking about behavior. And so, because we're talking about emotion, we often think of them as opposites, but because God is talking about behavior, He sees them as basically the exact same thing. Love and fear. They mean the same thing. To keep His commandments, to serve Him, to follow Him, to cling to Him, to walk in His ways. If you love God, you do that. If you fear God, you do that. It's basically the same when we look at it from a behavioral standpoint. Interestingly, though we often look at love and fear as opposites, the Bible actually presents both love and fear as having the same opposite. Look in Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus told us that we couldn't have more than one master. Do you remember what He said? In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, he said, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and wealth. Notice the opposite there. Love and hate. But now look in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 13. 
In Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 13, the one who despises the word will be in debt to it, but the one who fears the commandment will be rewarded. You see there the opposites? Despising and fear. Fear has the same opposite as love, and that's hate. That's just very interesting. When we take a look at the Scripture, it doesn't talk about love and hate the way we often talk about, excuse me, love and fear the way we often talk about love and fear in our modern discussion and all this stuff that goes on about, oh, should we, should we have fear? Should we have love and all that? The Bible shows them as basically being the same and they have the same opposite. If we don't love God, we hate Him. If we don't fear God, we hate Him. We need to love and fear God. That's what he has demonstrated to us. So as we take a look at these, though, we still recognize, well, if they're the exact same thing, why two different words? I think because there is a little bit of a difference. There's a fine line between them. They're basically two sides of the same coin. If I were going to define a difference between loving God and fearing God, loving God means obeying Him and doing what He says based on what He has done for us. Fearing God means obeying Him and keeping His commandments and walking in His ways and serving Him based on what He can do to us. In fact, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 11. If we go back to Deuteronomy chapter 11, we see the command to love and we see that it's based on, look at what God has done for you. As as Moses was writing to Old Testament Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning at verse 1, he says, You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep His charge, His statutes, His ordinances, and His commandments. Know this day that I am not speaking with your sons who have not known and who have not seen the discipline of the Lord your God, His greatness, His mighty hand, and His outstretched arm, and His signs and His works which He did in the midst of Egypt to Pharaoh the king of Egypt and to all his land. And what He did to Egypt's army, to its horses and its chariots, when He made the water of the Red Sea to engulf them while they were pursuing you. And the Lord completely destroyed them. And what He did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place. And on it goes talking about, look at what He did for you, as He delivered them from Egypt, as He delivered them from the rebels, as He all these things that happened and all the things that God did for them. He says, based on all this, you are supposed to love God. In fact, that's what's pointed out for us in the New Covenant. If we look in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19, we'll remember that John there said, we love because He first loved us. And in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10, he describes what that love was. He says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Loving God means serving and obeying and walking in His statutes and following in Him and clinging to Him because of what He has done for us. Fearing God means obeying Him and serving Him and following His commandments and clinging to Him because of what He can do to us if we quit doing all that. In fact, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Back over to Deuteronomy chapter 11 and a few verses down from where we were just reading in verse 16. In Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 16, he says, Beware that your hearts are not deceived and that you do not turn away and serve other gods and worship them, or the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, or He will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain and the ground will not yield its fruit and you will perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. And he goes on to talk about all the punishment that God can bring upon Israel if they don't submit to Him. And so he said, you've got to love Him for what He's already done. You've got to fear Him for what He can do if you quit loving Him. And so we see that together. In fact, in the New Covenant, we can look in Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. 
In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, Jesus described the fear that we're supposed to have. He said, Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. But rather fear Him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What's He saying? He said you need to fear God because of what He can do to you. Jesus taught about love, but Jesus taught about fear as well. He said, look, God can send you. Not only can He kill your body, but He can send your soul to hell. And so you need to fear God because if you don't obey Him, you will be punished. And so that, I believe, is the fine line between love and fear. And as we consider the motivation between both of them, for, for a good long while, I used to say, well, I think that probably most folks, they start off being motivated by fear, afraid that they're going to go to hell, and so they become Christians. And then as they grow closer to Christ and as they become more mature, then they become more motivated by love and less by fear. But as I've studied the Bible more, I don't think that's what the Bible presents. The Bible doesn't present that the more mature you become, the less fear you have and the more love you have. What the Bible presents is the more mature you become, the more love you have and the more fear you have. And that is what it takes to have mature Christianity. It takes increasing in love and increasing in the fear of God to become a mature Christian. We take a look at 2 Peter chapter 1. In 2 Peter chapter 1, Beginning in verse 5, it talked about the characteristics that we need to have, faith and moral excellence. And then down in verse 7, it continues that we're supposed to have godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, this is in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We should be growing in love for our brethren and for God. That is maturity, having more love. But let's not forget what this same author said back in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 17. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 17, Peter said, If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay here. Now, I believe Peter was a mature Christian. And he points out to us, look, throughout the time of your stay here, conduct yourself in fear. Remember it was Paul, a mature Christian, who said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Paul was motivated by fear. It was Paul, the mature Christian, who told the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2 that they needed to work out their salvation in fear and trembling. And so maturity does not mean less fear and more love. Maturity means as Christians we grow fearing God and loving God at the same time. And what does that mean? That means we obey, we serve, we follow, we cling to, we walk according to His commandments. And when we do that, we both love and fear God. The reason why this balance produces maturity is because it's loving God that focuses us on what God has done for us. It's loving God that causes us to remember, I remember what God did for me. He sent His Son to die for me. And when I have that thought in my mind, I can say as Paul did in Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 9, that if God would send His Son to die for me, how much, in order to save me, how much more is He going to work now that I'm His child to keep me saved? 
That's basically what Paul says in Romans 5, beginning at verse 9. He says, Much more than, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Paul's basically saying if God loved us enough that while we were enemies to send His Son to die for us, now that we're in Him, what's He going to do to save us? God is not up there, some cosmic lightning bolt, waiting for us to make our first mistake so that He can blast us into hell. And so it's that love that we have for God that reminds us of the love that God has had for us that helps us pick up and keep going when our fear might overcome us and cause us to quit. But then the fear, well, we need the fear because the fear is what we need to have so that we don't ever get so complacent in the love of God that we think, oh, God loves me, so it doesn't matter if I keep His law. Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, Paul said, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live? And he ends that chapter, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Fear helps produce that maturity because if all we ever thought about was the love of God and our love for God and, and we didn't have that fear, there might be times when we say, oh, it doesn't matter. God loves me. He's not going to let me go to hell. And then we start fudging His law a little bit and feel like, oh, we don't have to study it. We don't have to know. And oh, it doesn't really matter. But you see, having both of those, the love and the fear, is what pushes us on the fear keeps us going back to His law, making sure we're doing things His way, which we have to do if we want to be saved. The love is what causes us to be able to take comfort that, you know, I messed up today, but I'll repent and God will forgive me. And it helps us keep pushing on. And so it takes a balance. We have to have both. If we lose either one of them, if we stop loving God or we stop fearing God, well, we're not going to have the obedience that we need to have. And we won't be saved. And so, should we be motivated by love or by fear? The answer is yes. We should be motivated by both. And instead of spending all our time worrying about whether or not I'm too motivated by love or too motivated by fear or whatever else, what we basically need to recognize is it's the same thing. Am I obeying God? If I am obeying God, then I love Him. If I'm obeying God, then I fear Him. And that's what God has asked of me. And that's what he wants. Now, somebody's going to say, well, Edwin, that's all well and good, but I know about 1 John chapter 4. And I know that in 1 John chapter 4, it says, By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. And so someone's going to say, well... You know, that all sounds nice, but I remember what John said. John said, the more you love, the less you have to fear. Well, what is John actually saying there? Is John denying everything else that we've read in Scripture that says we're supposed to love and fear God? I don't think so. I believe what we see in this passage is a figure of speech called a paradox. A paradox, and I just heard this great definition yesterday. It couldn't have come at a better time. A paradox is truth standing on its head in order to get attention. It's the idea of taking something that sounds like a contradiction and it forces us to stop 
and study it and try to figure out what on earth is he actually saying here. I'll give you an example, one that you can readily see. Look in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4, Jesus there, as he began the Sermon on the Mount, said, Blessed or happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, how do you get that? Happy are the criers. Happy are the mourners. That, that right there, right off the bat, stops us in our tracks and says, what on earth is he saying? How can he say that happy are the mourners? And that causes us to study and figure it out. And, and then he goes on to say, because they shall be comforted. Why are the mourners really the ones that are happy? Because the folks who mourn over their sins are the ones who are going to do something about it and therefore be comforted by Christ. And because of that, they'll have happiness because their sins will be forgiven. And it stops us in our tracks and makes us dig a little deeper. And I think that's exactly what we see in 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. It's stopping us in our tracks, making us dig a little deeper. How does that fit with everything else in Scripture? I'd like to show you another illustration of something about love and fear, or about, excuse me, I guess we could say fearing and not fearing. And yet we understand it in this context. Look in Romans chapter 13. In Romans chapter 13... In verse 3, as Paul is talking about submitting to the civil authorities, he says in Romans chapter 13 and verse 3, For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you'll have praise from the same. For it's a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it's a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. What's he saying? He says, look, you don't have to fear government. Just do good. If you do good, no fear. But then look at verse 7. In the same context, render to all what is due them. Tax to whom taxes. You see, we're still talking about the government here. Tax to whom taxes due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Now, how is it that just three verses earlier he said we don't have to fear him, fear the government, and now in verse 7 it says, render fear to those whom fear is due. Well, in this context, we understand it. When I fear the government, I obey the government. When I obey the government's laws, I don't have to fear. Tonight, I'm going to drive home. And I'll either drive home 31, but probably not because I have to drive so slow. Or I'll drive home I-65, and all along the way, there are going to be speed limits. I am afraid of getting a ticket. And so guess what I do? I, that's right. I drive the speed limit because that's the only way not to get a speeding ticket, isn't it, Jim? Okay? So, but because I'm afraid of getting a ticket, I drive the speed limit. So when I pass by that cop that's sitting in the median, guess what I don't have to do? Looking in my rearview mirror. I don't have to do, I don't have to fear that. Why? Because I was afraid of getting a ticket, so I drove the speed limit, so I don't have to fear the cop sitting in the median. Right? That is the same point that Paul is making here in Romans chapter 13, that's the same point that John is making in 1 John chapter 4. He's making the point that when we fear and love God, we will obey Him. When we obey Him, we don't have to fear the punishment. It's just that simple. And so as we work on obedience, on following His commandments, doing His will, serving Him, we are both loving and fearing Him, and we don't have to worry about punishment. 
Not because by doing all that we've somehow earned salvation. Because we can't do that. But because God has promised that if we grow in love and grow in fear, He will provide us salvation. And so to answer the question, should we be more motivated by love or by fear? It really... It doesn't matter which one you're focusing on more as long as you're obeying it. Because they're really the same. I hope that's been helpful to you. I hope it's answered some of your questions about that. I hope we recognize exactly how we're supposed to serve God, loving and fearing Him. I hope this lesson was beneficial in answering your question about whether or not we're supposed to love or fear God. Let's remember what we learned. The answer is yes. We are supposed to love and fear God. And learn from the Bible, God views love and fear not from an emotional standpoint or a motivational standpoint, but from a behavioral standpoint. Loving God and fearing God means basically the same thing. It means obeying God. If you have any questions about how we love God or how He loves us or how we should fear God, or questions just about the Franklin Church of Christ, may I encourage you to give us a call at 615-794-2359. Or you can contact us through our website, www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. Perhaps somebody gave you this lesson. If so, may I encourage you to get on your computer and go to that website I just mentioned. Again, it's franklinchurchofchrist.com. We've got all kinds of lessons there that you're free to download, both in audio and outline format. Copy them. Give them to whoever you think will be benefited. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him. But more importantly... May you richly bless God.